When you hear someone talking about your bottom line or bottom line revenue, they're talking about the bottom line of your profit and loss statement. You can check that line to see how much money was left at the end of the day. Did you make a profit or did you operate at a loss? Welcome to Medical Money Matters, the podcast where you can find experts, answers, and resources so that you can achieve mastery over the financial and business aspects of your practice. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Jill Arena. I started my career working in accounting and finance, and I have more than 30 years of experience running medical groups. I own and operate a national healthcare consulting and revenue cycle company, and I am the author of Physician Heal Thy Financial Self. In 2020, I co-founded the Physician Leadership Project, and my passion is to increase financial and business literacy for physicians. Medical Money Matters, Episode 2, The Language of Finance. Budget variances, debits, credits, return on investment, profit and loss, capital gains, so many finance terms, so little time. This episode is intended to begin to outline some of these terms, to give you some definitions, and to begin to get you familiar with this whole new language. And, like learning any new language, it will all feel unfamiliar and awkward at first. Hang in there. Maybe even replay this podcast a couple of times. You'll get it. It just takes a little time and repetition. First of all, we finance people like to talk about financial statements. Sometimes we just refer to them as financials, as in, send me over a copy of your financials. What we mean are financial statements, and this consists of three different reports. First is your profit and loss statement, also known as your income statement, or your P&L, which reports activity over a period of time, usually a month. Second is your balance sheet, which is a snapshot of your financial position at any given time. This outlines all of the things you own, otherwise known as assets, and all of the things you owe, which we call liabilities. The difference between your total assets and your total liabilities is considered equity or owner's equity in a business. Usually, we review a balance sheet at the end of a month, a quarter, or a year. The third report in the triad is your statement of cash flows, which reports uses and sources of cash over a period of time, again, usually a month, a quarter, or a year. I find these are most useful to larger groups with more sophisticated accounting and finance systems. We'll go into these reports in more detail in an upcoming episode. When you are contemplating adding something new to your business, whether it is a new service line or a new piece of equipment, You'll frequently hear business people ask about the return on investment, or they'll want to see a break-even analysis. In short, a return on investment is an algebra problem that holds time constant and seeks to answer the question of if you invest X number of dollars in something, what you will earn based on that investment after a fixed period of time, usually a year. So, as an example, if you invest $80,000 in a new ultrasound machine, and it earns you an additional $88,000 by the end of the first year, you have a 10% return on investment. Similarly, if you want to see a break-even analysis, 
you're holding dollars constant and solving for time. So if you make that same $80,000 investment in the ultrasound machine, this analysis seeks to find out how long it will take for you to get your initial investment back out of it. In the above example, assuming the earnings come in evenly throughout the first year at $7,333.33 per month, the break-even analysis would show a break-even at 10.9 months. So you'd have your initial investment back out of it in slightly less than a year. We'll also do a deeper dive on these two tools in future episodes, and you can find more information on pages 34 to 37 of my book. We will focus on your profit and loss statement as it is extremely useful to you in managing your business. The basic formula is revenue, which is money that came in from patient care and other activities, less expenses, which is money that went out for practice expenses, and the difference equals net income. This is generally the money you get to split up with your partners according to your physician compensation system. When you hear someone talking about your bottom line or bottom line revenue, they're talking about the bottom line of your profit and loss statement. You can check that line to see how much money was left at the end of the day. Did you make a profit or did you operate at a loss? Sometimes you'll see something called cost of goods sold on your income statement. This generally refers to the money that you paid for items that you resold in the clinic. For instance, if you sell small medical supplies, books, or supplements over-the-counter, the amount of money you paid for those items before you resold them would be listed as cost of goods sold. You can compare the revenue generated by selling them to the cost of goods sold to determine if it's profitable to have those items available for sale. We'll cover more about retail components in medical practices in upcoming episodes. Physician compensation is a huge topic that we'll delve into in upcoming episodes too, but to begin to get you the terminology here, many physician compensation systems seek to define expenses and they get categorized in lots of different ways. The first distinction for expenses is fixed versus variable. Fixed expenses are expenses that are the same amount each month. A great example of this is the rent expense that you pay for your office space. It does not change from month to month, and it is not impacted by the volume of patients you see. Variable expenses are those that fluctuate based on the volume of patients you are serving. A great example of that would be dispensable medical supplies. In some cases, physician comp systems treat those differently when they are allocating expenses to physicians. Another way in which expenses are differentiated are direct versus indirect costs. Direct expenses are things which can be directly attributable to patient care, like medical supplies. Indirect expenses cannot be attributed to patient care directly, but are required to operate the practice, such as legal costs or marketing expenses. You'll also hear business people use the term capital when talking about finances. Sometimes people use it simply as a synonym for money, as in, we'll need to raise some capital for that purchase. This can also be used to differentiate capital expenses from routine expenses. The phrase capital expenses usually refers to larger purchases, such as exam tables or other new pieces of equipment. Those can also be referred to as capital expenditures, 
By contrast, operating expenses are more routine expenses like medical supplies or staff costs. Budgets are one of my very favorite financial topics, and we have devoted the entire next episode to them, so I won't spend a lot of time on them here. Suffice to say, there are typically two different kinds, capital budgets and operating budgets. As you might guess, capital budgets are for larger and longer-term purchases, and operating budgets are for ongoing use. The power of a budget is in analyzing budget-to-actual or budget variances. This is a fancy way of asking, where did your business perform differently than you expected? After that, episode four will be all about your revenue cycle, and I've invited industry experts Kem Tolliver and Shantae Mosier-Gordon to join me. These ladies have literally written the book on revenue cycle, as published by the Medical Group Management Association, and I am excited to talk with them about how best to break it all down for you. By way of a brief introduction, we begin at the beginning of your revenue cycle. You see a patient and you select a CPT code like a 99213. This is where your gross charges for that visit are derived. Your billing system multiplies the relative value units for that CPT code times the retail value in your fee schedule And this creates a claim that goes out to the insurance company for payment. After some period of time, your claim is adjudicated by the insurance company and they send you a payment for some portion of your gross charges. This can also be referred to as your receipts. They will only send you a portion of what you build as the rest will be split into two different pieces. First, the patients usually have a responsibility to pay part of it if they have a co-payment or co-insurance or a deductible amount to meet. The other part will be adjustments or contractual adjustments that your billing team will enter into your billing system. This is because your group has contracted with the insurance company for a certain rate of reimbursement per relative value unit, which is typically less than what is reflected in your fee schedule. The revenue cycle for medical practices is a bit counterintuitive at times, and we will spend quite a bit more time on a deeper dive of your revenue cycle. Please don't worry if these terms are unfamiliar today. We will continue to review them as I am really committed that you understand your revenue cycle completely. You can find more information online at medicalmoneymatterspodcast.com And you can subscribe to the Medical Money Matters content website for physician leaders to find budget templates and many other tools. We've included those links in the show notes. As I like to close out these podcasts, congratulations on taking the next step in your professional development and for making the commitment to learn about the financial and business aspects of your practice. I look forward to being on this journey with you and send you my heartfelt gratitude for all that you do for your patients all day, every day.